buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. Today, I've got Lori Richardson, who's the CEO and president at Score More Sales. Lori spent 15 years in tech, fintech, and distribution sales before opening her own sales strategy firm. Score More Sales in 2015, she created Women in Sales Pros, a community for more women in sales and sales leadership. Uh, Lori, welcome to Sales Hustle. How are you? Thank you, Colin. It's really great to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for hopping on. Appreciate it. Uh, before we get into a topic that uh, I know you love talking about, uh, creating better sales teams and, and culture, and uh, just give us the short version of your sales story. Uh, I was a teacher and uh, in my early 20s became a single mom and couldn't afford to be a teacher anymore. So. I uh, looked into technology sales. I'd grown up in a family-run business, and Mm -hmm. I had a feeling that I knew how to sell. So um, I wasn't intimidated at all and uh, got an opportunity in tech at a time when it was a booming, booming industry and uh, have never looked back. Wow, okay. So um, what made you think that you had a knack for sales? You know, it's funny, I I had been around my grandmother, who was my role model. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but she had women's clothing stores. She had their Mm -hmm. upper scale. So they competed in Seattle, where I grew up. They they competed with Nordstrom, basically, and very service-minded, service-oriented, high fashion, um, you know, fashion shows, the the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. And she did a lot with uh, word of mouth selling, uh, word of mouth referrals, and a lot of value selling. She never discounted, for example. And wow. so I learned some things very early on that didn't, you know, didn't make a, a, a whole lot of sense at the time. But when I got into my first sales role, it certainly um, started to come back to me. And I just felt like I, I could sell. Wow. Okay. Well, how much were these? Uh, did these dresses and outfits cost? Oh, they. You know, they were higher end. Um, so they. They. She sold things like four piece wardrobe or outfits that were all coordinated, and um, it wasn't. You know, uh, it wasn't hand. Each item wasn't made by hand, certainly, but but it was a higher end of what you would buy uh, in the stores, comparable to what a 
a higher end store like like a Nordstrom would charge. Interesting. Okay. And so when you got into tech, what what were you selling there? So I was selling computers, personal computers. The the first PCs that were on the market, uh, the first software um, grew up, you know, not far from Microsoft and used to sell, you know, uh, working with corporate accounts, sold thousands of, of computers and peripherals, printers, you know, hard drives that used to be very small yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and just, you know, tons and tons of technology getting, getting out to, to the business community. Great. Okay. And so tell me, how did you get so passionate about, um, you know, sales recruiting, sales culture and, and, and women in sales? Yeah. So around 2015, I was working with a large telecommunications firm and mm-hmm. we were going to have a big meeting where all of the managers showed up from up and down the East Coast. Now, I had only worked with each of their offices individually and I'd never seen them in one place together when everybody showed up and I walked into this training big training room there were about 90 people and there were two women out of the whole group and I thought this is crazy you know this is Mm. it was 2015 or so and I just thought why aren't there women in these roles and you know what what's the deal so I just started doing a lot of research. Uh, first, I understood more about their company and kind of the mindset there. And I also just started learning about the fact that there were not a lot of female candidates and then women don't get promoted as well. And I, it just became kind of a big interest of mine. And I did research and I worked with different researchers and we've just come up with all sorts of things and started consulting with companies on helping them find uh, you know, attract, hire, retain, and promote more women in sales. And I, I have a book coming out in July about that. Oh, that's fantastic. What's the name of the book? It's called She Sells. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and so, I mean, have you started to see more of a shift in this area where people are being a little bit more conscious about, you know, um, having more diverse, you know, sales teams and promoting more women? Or do you feel like there's still a lot of work that needs to be done? There's definitely a lot of work to be done. One of the biggest problems is that because of the pandemic, a lot of women left the workforce. And mm. if, if you were a woman in sales and you had a quota hanging over your head and then you had to homeschool your kids and you had to do, you know, this and that and continue everything else that you do as, as a parent. Um, a lot, I know some women that left uh, sales and got into, you know, maybe customer care or another department where they didn't have such a, you know, monthly commitment or quarterly commitment. So we lost some women that way, but also there's still a bad rap about sales. You know, it's got mm. a, it needs a PR agent. I think. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think so? That's a, that's a tall order. It is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a PR agent out there that can handle that task. It would be a big agency, a big I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are still, you know, putting lipstick on their job title to make it right. you know, undercover that they're actually in sales. <laughs> or they'll say, well, I'm just doing it till I go to grad school, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or they mumble it in front of, <laughs> you know other people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, there, 
there, there's a, at least the, the circles that I think you, you, you are in and, and, and I think we know a lot of the same people and, and follow a lot of the same people as well. And we have tons of mutual friends on LinkedIn and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that are doing things right. Right. And yeah. are trying to, trying to do their part to, um, you know, give the profession a, a, a better perception from, from others. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot of old school, you know, bad habits. I mean, when I first got into sales, 11 years ago, I was taught everything wrong about how to sell. And I had to go out on my own to find something that felt more right and, and, and in line with, with me as a person, um, where, you know, it was very treating people transactionally and it was all about my commission and pretty much nothing else. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's such a, you know, single view of, of selling. I believe that sales is a really admirable profession. And if you don't have someone that can sell in your company, you know, as a as a founder, you know that things won't happen unless you have a way to turn your great ideas and products and services into currency. And so we've seen great, you know, beautifully made products fail. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen through the pandemic, we've seen all sorts of services close, um, restaurants and shops close. I mean, ultimately, is because they didn't figure out a way to pivot and grow revenue. They had more expenses than revenue and it wasn't worth it. So it, it's such a key role and it's it's a great profession. Plus for people that get into sales, you know, you have not only the opportunity to have a really great income, um, money is not everything, but money does provide for uh, you know, a lot of options for you. And the other thing is that you have flexibility in a sales role, unlike most anything else. Yeah. 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 I want to go back for a second, right? Cause you, you said you got into sales, uh, when you were a teacher and, uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard quite a few stories of teachers going into sales and, and do extremely well. So I'm, I'm curious of the link there, but, but, but the question I have is, is so you, you became a single mom and, and you basically got into sales to be able to provide, you know, for, for your family. Yeah. What would you tell, you know, maybe other women that are in that sort of position, maybe they've left their job because of COVID, or maybe they're finding that, you know, the income that they're making isn't what they'd like it to be. Uh, how can they get into sales? You know, what sort of resources or tips do you have for them? Yeah, it, it's a matter of thinking about what kinds of skills you need in sales. And generally speaking, you need to be very coachable. Uh, you need to have a, a very positive mindset. Um, you need to have a real will to succeed. And if you have some of those foundational elements, a, a lot of skills can be taught to you. That's why people in the service service industries like that came from hotels, for example, and restaurants. I also was a server at a Greek restaurant part-time when I was also a teacher. And those mm-hmm. are, we've hired uh, people in the, from those uh, areas as well. And, um, but you still, it's not for everybody. Not everyone can sell. I also believe in using assessment tools to evaluate, you know, how successful someone might be. But you can, you can do all that. You can find those things out and it's definitely something to pursue. There's so many different ways online and through Clubhouse, different shows and uh, all sorts of podcasts where you can learn more about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an abundance of resources, right? So, so finding the right ones is key. Um, but there's so many great people putting out, you know, good content, you know, whether it's on LinkedIn or clubhouse or, or podcasts like, like this or yours, um, where they can learn the, the sort of skills and things that they need uh, to be successful in sales. And and you know Um, what the best thing is right now, because of the pandemic, as we're going, ending it, hopefully, um, there are more opportunities that are virtual than ever. There are so many companies that will hire a virtual salesperson. So you can literally learn and work, um, you know, from home. And, and that didn't happen a couple of years ago. So it's a, it's a wonderful time to consider sales. Yeah. How, how do you think that has helped or benefited, you know, maybe women that are trying to get into sales? Well, it, one, there's counterbalances. I mean, they're, they're predominantly women are caregivers. So it's been a really tough time for the parents. Um, if you're not a parent um, and you, male or female, being able to work remotely, most people found a productivity boost as mm. well as, you know, eliminating that nasty commute that yeah. many of us have that live outside of big cities. Um, you're in L.A. I'm outside of Boston. I mean, you know, do you want to drive for two hours each way or use that three, four hours, you know, for your health? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many people are taking advantage of that extra time to invest in themselves, yeah. you know, personally or exercise or, or, you know, whatever sort of practice that they now have that they didn't yeah. have time to do before to be a better version of themselves in their sales role. Yeah. And there are people, some people that will never go back to, you know, even three days a week in an office, I believe. And what, I mean, so let's like flips, flip the, the, the lens here a little bit, right. And look, look at it from maybe sales leader, um, you know, lens, um, you know, how can, how can, uh, how can a sales leader create a great sales culture with kind of this mix of in office and, and virtual teams? Yeah, as a sales leader, optimally, what I would like to see as a leader is I'd like to get my team together periodically, maybe quarterly, depends how big your team is. Um, Mm -hmm. If some people are closer to the the office, you know, they didn't all move away like a lot of people did. Uh, It depends on the company. But having people in person once in a while, I think is really valuable. Uh, And you can you can get a lot accomplished in terms of training and coaching and just building culture among the team. So I like a blended approach and I wouldn't be opposed in, in the right circumstances to people coming in a couple of days a week. I just think that, and, and I don't know of anyone that's doing five days a week yet, but I, I know that there are a lot of people that are really eager to get their people back to normal, you know, back to the old, old five day a week, uh, deal. And that's just not going to work in, in the companies that I've seen. Yeah. Now if they're being more productive virtually, why would they be so gung ho on wanting them back to the office? That makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew of a company that, you know, the salespeople punch in with a time clock and they took lunch (laughs) at one specific time of the day and they couldn't use their cell phones while they're at work. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, you know, pre-pandemic. 
That so, is, uh, that is micromanaging at a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know for a fact, but I would bet that they saw huge productivity gains among their, their reps. And I'm curious to see what happens as they go forward. Uh, if they end up yeah. with, with some option for, for remote work. Or huge turnover. <laughs> They're like we could. They have some of that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's in, and so what sort of things are you seeing like around recruiting and building sales teams and hiring new people in, you know, different markets they don't have experience with? Um, you know, what are you seeing in, in, in this new environment where, you know, people aren't limited to hiring just in their local area? Yeah. It's a real gift when, when you can recruit from anywhere and, yeah. And you're not stuck with whoever's showing up locally. So I love that. Um, for a long time, for many, many years, we always hired based on our gut feel. And we'd ask questions. You know, then it progressed to people doing role plays and doing assignments and things like that. But I, I do believe that it's hard to tell if someone is going to be successful in sales because some of the characteristics don't necessarily show up in an interview. So I have been pleased to see more ways to help kind of suss that out and help people um, to hire better initially because the cost of a bad sales hire is so huge, as you probably mm. know. And you can lose so much ground in terms of developing sales opportunities by having someone, somebody told me a story the other day of a, a salesperson that just lied, you know, that just it was, he was working remotely and just didn't do anything about what he said he'd do. And, um, and they, you figure it out in about, uh, 90 days. So that's costly. That's costly, right? Yeah. So that's, there, you know, two ways you can assess for it and find a great fit, or you can just wait and see how they do down the road. But that can be costly. I would say it's probably six months that it would take to figure that out too figure out that they're just watching Netflix and playing video games all day. Or working just part? enough or working just enough to not get found out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this goes on even in the office. People yeah. are, you know, trolling social media or, right? you know, back in the, um, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know, years ago, people would just, you know, dial into the, uh, for, to, to, they would dial just random numbers, friends or yeah. movie times, or, you know, the, to find out what time it is just to increase their phone time. Like, that's, I mean, there's always going to be some bad apples. Right. You know? But that's why that's you just, hire for commitment, desire, motivation, outlook, all those things. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned using assessment tools. Is there any assessment tools that you recommend for, you know, finding these sort of rock star candidates that, that everybody hopes for? Yeah, I recommend the process that we use at Score More Sales, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so happy to talk to anybody about that. They can check us out on the web, learn more about that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. But a lot of them are not good because they're personality based and mm -hmm. What we found is that the top salespeople and the worst salespeople often have similar personalities. You're kidding. Like what? No. You know, people are looking for people that are outgoing and gregarious, you know, and I don't know what else they, they do in these tests, but 
Um, but personality is not the way to select salespeople. It's probably a, it's a, it's a good way to see how people on a team relate. Mm -hmm. So there's some value in, in personality assessments, just not to know whether someone can sell and will sell. So it's, it's like having an athlete who's very talented doesn't mean they're going to perform during the game. Right. So mm -hmm. you have to figure out, you, you have to find ways to, to make sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I understood. Yeah. So the personality tests are definitely helpful to see, you know, if they're good culture fit for a team or compliment yeah. other people on the team, uh, but not necessarily a good criteria to decide like, can this person sell or not? Right. Exactly. And that's always been tricky about sales because it's only in the sales role that you have to deal with things like rejection and you know you you deal with some uncertainty if, if i'm in finance i'm i'm not uncertain about my future you know if i if i follow the rules and do what i'm told you know i have a salary and i can get a bone i, I can get a bonus based on certain things but sales is you know kind of a can be a roller coaster mm. and so you have to have have the the right um, you know foundation for that yeah it's a it's a unique it's a unique human that uh, that can that that wants or can deal with the level of rejection that people do in sales on a regular basis. Yeah, and even things like the need to be liked. You know, if you if you have too much of that and you want everybody to be your friend, it's it's hard to sell because when I'm in a sales role, I'm going to need if if you if you say you know call me on Tuesday, I, I'm ready to make a decision, and I call you and I don't reach you. Someone who wants to be friends will be like, oh, I don't want to bug Colin. You know, he told me to call him on Tuesday, but, you know, I'll wait. He'll probably call me back. But it, if I don't have this need to be liked, uh, mm -hmm. more, but more of an attitude of being respected, then I'll call you on Wednesday and say, you know, we were going to talk on Tuesday. I want to make sure that we caught up. And and I don't have that issue. There, but there are a lot of people because we're human, human beings yeah. that have have those kinds of things. How how hard is it for somebody to break out of that? Well, it's it's easier if you hire someone that has it, that's strong in these areas. And if, if they're weak in them, if they're weak in a lot of different areas, then it's going to be really tough. But if they're just weak in a few areas like the need to be liked. I mean, you can talk to someone and coach them around being respected rather than being liked. I mean, I'm liked by my friends. I don't need to be liked by my customers, right? Mm -hmm. But I'd like to be respected by my customers. And by the way, if my customers respect me, they probably are going to like me too, but that's yeah. not a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and because sometimes, I mean, the best people in sales are going to tell the customer what they need to tell them and not just what right. they think they need to, t they want to tell them to be right. liked, right? Or exactly. um, just call it a yes, yes man or yes woman, right? Exactly. Not, that, that's not going to get you very far in sales because, I mean, the best way to build trust with your prospect is to actually push back and yeah. actually challenge them a little bit. Yeah, help them. Help them in, in some way. and don't, don't just yes them. You're right. Yeah. Lori, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, why don't you tell all the sales hustlers listening just anything that you want us to include in the show notes or any final thoughts. If you want to tell them about your podcast or where they can find the book or anything else that's going on in your world. 
Yeah, I'm really proud of the podcast conversations with women in sales. It's um, all interviews with women in various roles in in the sales process. And um, my book, She Sells, will those are all found through womensalespros.com. And the podcast is right right there as well. Fantastic. We'll drop those links in the show notes for you, Sales Hustlers. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.